the path of the righteous man and defender is beset on all sides by the inequity of selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the father of lost children. And I will execute great vengeance upon them with furious anger who poison and destroy my brothers. And they shall know that I am Chiba, the bodyguard, when I shall lay my vengeance upon them. Radio Draw. I am Josh Hadley, and I will get my revenge on Alex Jowski. Why? What the hell did I do? I don't know. I was going to have you get help me get revenge on Cecil Trachtenberg after I get my revenge on you. Why? Josh Hadley you is Josh Hadley. <laughs> Getting revenge on Cecil and Alex. I shall strike you down with great vengeance and fury above you. Alex, do the Adam and Eve promo. Furious anger. Furious anger? Those who attempt to poison or destroy my brethren. Please tell me you're, you're taking that from the bodyguard and not f***ing Pulp Fiction. I know it from Pulp Fiction. Of course you do. Just do the Adam and Eve promo. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME. You get 50% off a single item, free shipping in the United States, a free mystery gift, and three free DVDs. You didn't screw that up, so you don't. I won't get revenge on you for that. Obviously, tonight we're going to be talking about revenge movies or vengeance movies, which there are many different kinds. What actually kicked this off, I know I'm about a year out of date here, I was reading an article from Entertainment Weekly from September of 2013. It was about revenge movies, ostensibly. By, by Owen Gleiberman, who doesn't work there anymore. And he also apparently has never seen a revenge movie that's more obscure than Death Wish, because that's about as obscure as the article gets. But also, the bulk of this article is a puff piece about the then-new Hugh Jackman movie, Prisoners. It just, he wraps around talking a little bit about revenge movies, and apparently he's never even seen Dirty Harry, because he calls Dirty Harry a revenge movie, <laughs> when it's not at all in any conceivable way sudden impact that's a revenge movie but he cites dirty harry 1971 as a revenge movie and then goes on to say that all the cops that throw away their badge to get the bad guy are revenge movies no they're not what is your definition of a revenge film since entertainment weekly obviously has no goddamn clue you have been wronged by somebody personally whether they killed a loved one or they raped you or they raped your loved one or they raped and killed your loved one. Those are the – You know, it's not always rape, Alex. It frequently is. But I'm just saying it's a severe wrong. It's not like, oh, you stepped on my yard. you know. And the entire focus of the movie is getting revenge for that wrong. And that's that's the hero's objective. That's the protagonist's goal that's set up in the first act. The protagonist wants revenge and – do they get it by the end? That's the goal they're working towards. 
Yes, it is basically someone, usually a singular person. Occasionally, it'll be more than one, but in 90 I'd say 95% of the time it's one person is wronged. Either uh, a loved one is killed or family is killed or they are raped. Uh, Usually in the 70s it was rape and they are left for dead or whatnot and they go about getting their revenge. Usually the way a revenge movie works is we we are on the side that you are supposed to, as the viewer, be on the side of the person getting vengeance and going, yeah, get him, get him. Sometimes that's swap. Which which kind do you like? And a lot of people don't realize this is a revenge movie. The Star Trek Wrath of Khan style, where we're against the person that's trying to get revenge, or the I spit on your grave style, where we want that protagonist to get revenge. Which one do you prefer with a revenge movie? Um, I prefer the uh, we're rooting for the person to get revenge. I I'd like the one that's a, just a good movie, you know, regardless of who we're cheering for, you know, as long as it's a good movie, I'll be on board. But as far as, you know, revenge, I, I tend to side with the the one that's been wronged. Because th- that's usually the one that's been wronged is usually the type of movie we get with a revenge flick. But then you you do have things like Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan is about the bad guy is getting revenge because the good guy stopped him as a bad guy. We never in that movie side with Khan. We always side with Kirk. It's still a revenge movie, isn't it? So why do you think something like that, why do you think a lot of people don't consider Wrath of Khan a revenge flick when it straight out is? Because it's not really... It's not Kirk getting revenge. That's why they, people don't. But it's Khan it. getting revenge. It's his wrath, yes. actually. And in fact, the original tagline for it was no, the original title of it was "The Revenge of Khan." I don't know anybody that doesn't consider it a revenge movie, though, other than the guy at Entertainment Weekly, well, formerly at Entertainment Weekly. Um, I think it's mostly because it's a science fiction film, and uh, when you say revenge movie, most people think uh, Death Wish. You know, they think something action more thriller. action thriller based in reality as opposed to, uh, you know, sci-fi. Well, what about something like The Crow? I think The Crow is one of the ultimate revenge revenge fantasy movies. The Crow is all about revenge. Yeah, The Crow is absolutely revenge, but again... It is fantasy, but it's based in uh, it's it's somewhat based arguable reality. reality. It, it takes place on Earth, you know, uh, as opposed to in outer space, and you know, so f- would probably I would think more people would uh, say it was more of a comic book movie before they would go into you know science fiction. So that's that's why that gets more compared to Revenge as opposed to something like Wrath of Khan. Uh, and also because the crow, it's it's pretty clear cut. You know, he he gets killed. His uh, girlfriend is raped and, or his wife is raped and killed. So I that, I think that I mean, that's it even said, you know, it even says it pretty much in the in the trailer, I believe, where it's vengeance. So, yeah, it's absolutely a revenge movie. When you think of a revenge film, what is the one that immediately you think of that defines a revenge movie? Whether it's, you know, Jowski being obsessed with the rape-revenge subgenre, or just revenge in general, what what is your go-to for that if you're trying to describe it to someone? Hey, it's not me that's obsessed with the rape-revenge drama. It was the late 70s that was obsessed with it. 
My pick is it's a draw between I Spit on Your Grave and Death Wish, or oh, they call her One Eye. One of those. Ooh, three. Thriller. Yes, I go to Old Boy. That that movie is just it's seriously it's it, not only is it a fantastic uh, revenge movie, but it's seriously one of the best movies ever made. I would have to go with. I know it's the old standby, but it's the one I grew up watching on cable would, would be Death Wish. I think Death Wish is kind of the prototypical revenge movie. It wasn't the first, it wasn't the best, but it's the one that I think defines what a revenge film is even more. I mean, I know there's the rape revenge subgenre like with I Spit on Your Grave. I, I really have to go with Death Wish, maybe by a close second with Ms. 45, Although, Miss 45, I don't know if this... Miss 45 is not a revenge movie. That's just a crazy lady movie. It starts as a revenge movie. And what I was going to say is, it then just turns into basically a slasher movie after that. But it starts as a revenge movie. Okay, she gets raped. And Twice. So, and she goes after the rapist. Same day, I them. think, too. <laughs> yeah, she, she was having a bad the, day. She goes after the rapist and kills them like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. And then after that, she's just killing men. Just, men, men did this! Men must die. I will dress as a nun and kill men. So that's why it's not really a revenge movie, because she's just, you know, arbitrarily killing men because she's screwed in the head. The revenge part was just a portion of the movie. What about when something like it's a perceived revenge, like Maniac? Joe Spinell in Maniac. He's getting revenge on all those bitches, but he's just batshit crazy. Does Maniac count as a revenge movie? I've seen it show up on some lists, and it's like none of these people that he's getting revenge on actually did anything to him. Sure, then let's just count all of the Friday the 13th movies as revenge films. That's what yeah. I'm asking. There you know, was a list that had Friday the 13th on there. What about, like, Maniac Cop? Cordell was trying to get revenge on the people that betrayed him. Of course, he was killing every single person he came across. Is that more into the Friday the 13th realm? Or more into the Death Wish style? Um, I think um, Maniac Cop kind of veers more into the... It's it's kind of revenge, but not really. It's it's more cop, get it, cop getting revenge, but he's getting revenge on everyone. Uh, it goes a little uh, into slasher with the sequels. But, uh, I'm just I mean, talking Maniac Cop 1, not not 2 and 3, which do three. get ridiculous. Uh, very entertaining, but uh, yeah, they do. Kind I of actually go. think Maniac Cop 2 in that franchise is the best one. So I, you, I'm I not, absolutely I'm not, agree with you. I'm not bitching about the, the quality of the films. I just think they get more Terminator-esque as they go on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's just unstoppable. Where in the first one... He's he actually is... resurrected by Voodoo in the third one. I know. So he's a third zombie. My favorite. By, he's a zombie by the third film. He's a, yeah. He's 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 a human in the first one. He's badly burned in the second one, and then he's a freaking zombie in the third one. Well, he does take an extreme beating in the second one, so they had to figure something out to bring him back. But uh, it, it, that's more. Uh, I, well, the the first one. I don't want to say revenge light, but it's it's. Revenge as part of the story, but not the entire story. Well, now, let's go back to the Entertainment Weekly article. Why do you think, and I, I get that Entertainment Weekly is a mainstream magazine. Why do you think, leaving out the fact that a third of the article is a puff piece for Hugh Jackman's new movie, which is, I think, the impetus behind them writing the article or commissioning it, why do you think 
they wouldn't go to something like I Spit on Your Grave, which relatively has entered pop culture, or Ms. 45, or they call her One-Eye, or Kill Bill, or anything like that. Why do you think Death Wish is about as obscure as they get? Do you think the writer really didn't do his research, or Entertainment Weekly said, dude, you can't start listing off movies 99% of the audience has never heard of? don't doubt that the writer knows revenge movies i mean he got fired from entertainment weekly for being too high quality because they were focusing on getting i can't see that from this article because this you've read it this article is really poorly written i mean entertainment weekly purged all of their tenured writers that had degrees and stuff to pursue just getting nobodies from the internet to review movies bloggers yeah I kind of like his writing and other stuff. This one, it felt rushed. It felt like, hey, we need a puff piece about revenge movies for prisoners, you know, in in two hours. So he just popped out, okay, people are going to recognize this and this and this, and I'll just grind it together real quick. It felt rushed. I, I just find it funny that they're writing a revenge movie or a, a revenge story about prisoners, which it isn't really a revenge movie. Um, kind of. I mean, okay, I think it's taking the same kind of leap in logic that he took to make Dirty Harry a revenge movie, but I kind of see what... Zero what Dark was... 30? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Zero Dark 30 as a revenge movie. Okay, in a broad global sense, it's a revenge movie, but not really. Yeah, it, it's... He, he goes really far with the interrogation, but it's not really a revenge movie i think it's a fantastic movie i i absolutely loved it but i would i would not put it in as a revenge movie when it comes to revenge movies what do you think is the best one i asked you previously what one you went to what would you say is the best revenge flick you've seen i'm gonna go on record and say probably rolling thunder a movie that i think is criminally underappreciated and that a lot of people have not seen William Devane's an actor who I think has never gotten the, his due as an actor. Early Tommy Lee Jones, and the film is brutal. Just brutal. And uh, yeah, I'll say it. Paul Schrader's script is a lot more subtle than a normal revenge film should be. There are so many post-Vietnam psychological and psychosexual undertones in the movie that you can't deny there was a lot going on in this script for a film ostensibly about William Devane and Tommy Lee Jones blowing away the people that stole his silver dollars. I'm not familiar with that one. My personal favorite that I'm going to say is the best is, we mentioned earlier, Thriller, a.k.a. they call her One-Eye. The entire movie is focused on her revenge, and she's patient with this revenge. And she, you know, entire two hours, she's focused on this, you know, and you appreciate her passion. That's where the movie ends, you know, right when she gets her revenge. There's no, you know, that's perfect the way it's structured that way. And it's a nice, brutal revenge that's worthy. Thriller, it, like Alex said, with, with Thriller, it's really cool because you see her going out and learning how to shoot guns and learning how to do uh, like martial arts and learning how to fight and all this stuff so that when she finally does go to get her revenge, she wants to make these people suffer. So uh, it goes through a really lengthy back and forth of her, 
you know, just constantly, you know, being 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 sexually assaulted and then leaving and going and learning how to fight and then coming back and just getting really brutal revenge. That is that's a great movie. But for for me, as I said before, best revenge movie is Old Boy. It's hands down just it's an incredible movie and i'm talking about the original not talking about the garbage remake i have the... not seen the remake i couldn't bring myself to do it i i yeah maybe i'm a hypocrite here it just looks so bad i know it's going to suck and i know my enjoyment will be tainted by the fact that i kind of want it to suck does that make sense yeah absolutely because there are certain movies but at least i'm being honest shouldn't f- with yeah and that that's one of them there's there's no way because they they change it was on netflix i didn't watch the whole thing but i saw enough of it to where to i was off to piss me off where i'm like right out of the gate you're completely missing the point and i don't want to go into it for anyone who hasn't seen it because this is one of those movies that i absolutely will not really even talk about for the sake of just go like get the original sit down and watch it it is amazing. There very rarely does there come out a, come a movie that is that freaking good. Revenge films obviously are nothing new. They've been around since early film. Revenge films, as we think of them, really came into their own in the early seventies. What you got? What people who are younger have to realize is why these films hit such a chord when they did. That crime was rampant. The urban expansion, the cities were expanding faster than they could control it. Crime was out of control for a while, and the stats were way up for murders and robberies and rapes and all that. And I and these films, especially something like Enter the Dragon, yes, it's a revenge film, like Enter the Dragon and Death Wish, hit the, the cultural zeitgeist at just the right time. Do you guys agree that this phenomena as it is, could have only happened in the early 70s? Yeah, it, that was definitely only going to happen in that time at that place. It it was the time. Uh, that's one of the reasons why when I see a lot of movies uh, remade, just things in general, it doesn't make sense when you're trying to take something that was around back then and there was this feeling that was in the air and a lot of times uh, entertainment is capsule of what was going on at the time and so when you get a lot of movies that come out year you know decades later and they're almost carbon copies of the original it doesn't make sense because it's like all right well the people that are alive now don't really identify with what was going on back then so i think uh, a lot of the revenge especially the rape revenge movies that were coming along were definitely just a product of the 70s and they don't really make sense coming out now well and let's go back for a second this is kind of off topic but i mentioned the cultural zeitgeist and no i did not misuse that term i see it misused a lot but i i used it properly certain things need to be seen in their cultural context for instance this is the off topic part fox is thinking about rebooting a brand new x-files in 2015 for their fall schedule I think the X-Files, it, it's 90s. The X-Files is the 90s. The X-Files will not work now the same way this long ingestation Bruce Willis Death Wish remake will not work. The cultural zeitgeist has to be there. What are your thoughts on this whole that you're, you're so late you've missed the point? 
Exactly. The the X-Files, it wouldn't work now because there was something magical about when it came out. There was uh, it was just when people were really starting to use uh, the Internet because 28 what 28 eight baud modems were being sold with computers and people left and right were getting America online. And there was the whole conspiracy thing where you, you'd watch the episode and then go on uh, online afterwards and talk about the episode and then talk about other conspiracy things. And, and, but uh, also, but also something had changed in real culture post nine 11, the X files would have to be so different. Wouldn't it in a world where there's cell phones everywhere and in a post 9/11 NSA spying on everyone, the conspiracies don't seem as far-fetched anymore, do they? No, they really don't. And more than likely, they would probably go a, a little too serious with it. Now, I will say though, it's not entirely impossible because Fringe was kind of X-Filesy, and Fringe. Was Fringe terrible, Oh, shut your mouth. Fringe was gave very up three good. episodes in. I gave it three episodes. I gave it the two-hour pilot and the next two and went, no, no. Fringe was a really good show. and I mean, not as good as The X-Files. I think Fringe was very good in its own way. And But if they do this 2015 X-Files reboot, they'll probably go like too overboard serious with it and not balance it out. Like that was part of the the greatness of why the original X-Files worked was because they had serious episodes, but then they had funny episodes and they had uh, the conspiracy Jose Chung from outer, Jose Chung's from outer space. (laughs) Or they had the ones where uh, they had the, uh, the vampires with OCD. I'm always going to go to Jose Chung though. Jose Chung, well, you know the one I'm talking about where where, uh, Scully, uh, I think it was either Scully or Mulder, managed to not get eaten by the vampire because they kept spilling seeds on the floor. So the kid had to pick them up and count them every time they did it. I remember the the vampire one that took the humorous Rashomon approach of Mulder and Scully remembering the same events differently to the point of Luke Wilson as the sheriff. Scully thought he was this hot, stoic guy, and Mulder thought he was this bucktoothed, fat, incompetent <laughs> sheriff. And it, it was it was one of the more comical, su- serious ones. That's the vampire one I remember. Okay. Yeah, Maybe they, it's the same one. It might have been the same one, because uh, it's been a while since I've, I've seen them. But uh, but I remember, I mean, there were some standout episodes. But that's the thing. They, they had a variety of things which made them that much more entertaining because you never knew uh you know what you were going to get that week and it was just great and now they'll probably just try to go too overboard with it and it it won't work i mean it might work it probably won't well i think we kind of discussed this last week it's the fact that hollywood is always constantly going to be cannibalizing itself and break revenge is just one of those things where hey this was popular we can probably remake it and again as always they'll miss the point entirely that's just a part of it it was like Great Revenge, it was a portion of its time. It would not work rebooted. Well, and then you, but you've also got, to a degree, the Revenge and Rape Revenge movie has fostered through different times. I mean, okay, Death Wish is the film that truly kicked it off into the mainstream in 74, but then you didn't get the first sequel until, what was it, 82? 
and then you got the the following sequels and then when death wish 2 came out that kicked off another wave of revenge films were different the the stuff in the 80s felt different than the stuff in the 70s and then uh, didn't they have a Jodie Foster one a few years ago and a Ken, Kevin Bacon had one and you had the Saw style movies and the I Spit on Your Grave remake, which is essentially female Saw. Do you think that the revenge film has always sustained because society is kind of breaking down? I know I'm asking you to get a little deep here. Or do you think that they just change, they just change their skin to match the times, but they're the same movies that were essentially being re- made in the 70s just with a different coating. They are a different skin, but it doesn't really match the the tone of the original. You know, maybe it, it those seventy the, ones, those seventies ones were brutal. They match the aesthetic of the time, but definitely not the tone of the film, because the film spoke to what was going on at the time. The current like version of I Spit on Your Grave and stuff, they're not speaking to people; they're speaking to pocketbooks. They're like, "Hey, watch us because we look like Saw." Well, and th- that's one of the problems I, I had with the I Spit in Your Grave remake was it didn't feel like a remake. I mean, yes, the plot was arguably similar, but it felt like it was far more influenced by Saw than Saw and Hostile than it was by I Spit on Your Grave. Do you think it's possible to make a remake of, a say, a 70s one? Like, if they tried to remake Thriller, A Cruel Picture, or... Death Wish, because we don't know what that Bruce Willis one's going to be like after Joe Carnahan, you know, had that his scathing bridge burning. Do you think it's possible to do it in a similar way, or is the only way they, that they that they can pull it off, like I spit on your grave, emulating what's popular at the time it's going to be coming out? I do not think it would be possible unless they just do shot by shot. But even then, I mean, look how shot by shot Psycho was awful. I don't think they can capture it because it was a product of its time. It's lightning in a bottle. I just want to throw out there that um, the death sentence with Kevin Bacon is okay. I can't remember the title. I just knew I saw a trailer for him having one. Yeah, is woefully like overlooked. It is an amazing film. Wasn't Jodie Foster's uh, The Brave One or something like that? Yeah, it was basically a a blatant ripoff of of that, and it sucked. Now, The Brave One was terrible, and I like Jodie Foster, too, but I just thought it was a terrible movie. But Death Sentence, on the other hand, it it was probably the closest that they could get to the feel of that 70s revenge film. It was like, it was very serious. It was visceral. You felt so much for Kevin Bacon the entire film. Uh, I've had numerous people I told about the movie. Actually, I put it in my, my top 10 of, uh, of whatever year it came out. And uh, a lot of people saw it and they were like, we, you know, I didn't expect this movie to be good at all. And it was phenomenal. So if you haven't seen Death Sentence, absolutely go watch it. With, with the whole um, aping what's popular now, uh, I think that it can be done right. Uh, with remakes, uh, I thought that Last House on the Left did a really good job of updating the story and not just kind of taking from what was popular and sort of smashing it in to make it fit within their uh, film. So uh, do you that was... do you do you disagree that the I Spit on Your Grave remake is essentially female Saw instead of I Spit on Your Grave? Eh, eh kind of. It's 
it, it, it is and it isn't. I, I, I think that um, I, I, I at least give them credit for not making it a PG-13 film. It, I don't know yet. how you could make an I Spit on Your Grave film a PG-13. I don't even uh, know if that's possible. They try. They I'm sure it was on the table at some point. You know, we we can sell this to what? Yeah, woman gets re- you know revenge after being raped. Well, we just we'll show the rape well, off screen. <laughs> let's change it to she was treated meanly. Yeah, they 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 called her bad things, and then she. I hock a loogie at your tombstone. <laughs> I, I'm sure they they considered it, but uh, yeah, it it kind of uh it kind of went over overboard a little bit, but I I think that that was the the thing they were trying to one up the original by just being, you know, uh, more in your face and more gory and whatnot. And, the, and they missed that visceral feel of the first one and actually kind of felt a little silly. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Like I thought I was going to, but it definitely was not, you know, in the same league as the original. You, you do have modern revenge films that kind of take a different approach. For instance, I think the criminally overlooked assault on wall street from Uwe Boll is a fantastic revenge film because it, it very much takes a 70s style. Now, obviously, the 70s exploitation films got, got to the visceral stuff relatively quickly, but they got inside the head of the Revenger, and so you t- felt justified in what they were doing. Assault on Wall Street, basically the entire first hour is build-up. None of the assault even happens till the last half hour. This whole film is about making you, the viewer, understand why he snaps like this. Well, it's not only helping you understand. It's also making a statement about, like, the current banking system and the healthcare system and HMOs and stuff. The movie makes a statement in addition to what Bull's trying to do is make this man's revenge speak for all of us. The way that the ones in the 70s... It's kind of a cultural, cultural revenge at the same time as a personal one. Yes, and that's one thing that makes Assault on Wall Street significant is because the target of the revenge is something we can we can all see ourselves wanting to do. But then let's jump back to the 70s for a moment. Why do you think that that Death Wish – and I'm not saying why it was pop because we've already gone over that. Why do you think it kicked off just like anything else – a stream of rip-offs and knock-offs and cash-ins, why do you think the society wasn't just happy with, okay, there's this one or two films that speak to me, why do you think the, the revenge or rape revenge kicked off so heavy? Because it, it, it just, to me, it could not have been just crime is rampant and the stats are up and things are looking bleak. Why do you think these films hit the mainstream audience when in reality these were drive-in exploitation films because they were cheap to make and uh it, it's just whenever something is popular a bunch of studios were oh well let's try to get our version out as quickly as possible and uh so there were just a lot of them that were uh being done at the same time and came out you know within close proximity to each other so uh, and most likely, they were profitable because they didn't cost a whole lot to make, and uh, the story was probably cooked up uh, over the course of a weekend. And uh, but For the 70s ones, they were all the same general story, really. 
Exactly. That's what I'm you know, just interchange, you know, bit little bits here and there and not saying that they weren't I mean, there is a certain charm to them. They managed to just squeak them out uh quickly and on the cheap, and that's pretty much why they exist. I think part of it would be word of mouth because they were good movies and people are like, Have you have you seen that the movie with the rape? You gotta come see this movie, man. A lot of word of mouth helped. And because they were so cheap, they got a wider distribution. Because anybody could just pick this movie. Yeah, up sh- wasn't Death Wish MGM? I think, you know, yeah, they they did get a wide distribution. And then there was a slight lull in the late '70s, but then speaking to the cultural zeitgeist, what what made the early '80s, especially the rape revenge films of the early '80s, hit a mainstream audience so quickly? Because Reagan was running, Reagan was taking over, and crime was down. So why do you think? It's not the same culture that happened in the mid-70s when this happened. Why do you think in the 1980s, the early 1980s, the revenge films still had such staying power? Because they were good movies. That's all I got to say, you basically, is they were good movies. You don't, you don't think there was a cultural component for the 80s versions? There was. Not as much, though. Not as strong as with the 70s. The time that these things came out in the early 70s was a time of confusion and angst. By the 1980s, profits were up, jobs were up, crime was down. Why do you think these still hit a cultural zeitgeist? Probably because it's something that people can identify with. Uh, I think everybody, to a certain degree, has a little bit of they'd like to get revenge on someone for something. Now, not necessarily something as dr- drastic as uh, assault or rape or whatnot, but I think it's one of those uh, out-of-body experiences. You can watch a movie where you see somebody cold-blooded murder revenge for something that they were wronged on. And I guess that hits with uh, just a primal instinct with uh, us humans. Uh, I think that that's, that's basically it. Well, then let's leave the serious stuff behind. What about revenge comedies? The Revenge of the Nerds movies? The Porky's movies? Hell, most 80s sex comedies had a revenge aspect to it. You know, usually the snobs versus the slobs. Why do you think this this subgenre also lent itself so finely to comedy, really? That those did well at the time because that's when people started more coming into being happy with who they are that you know like hey i'm a nerd and i'm going to accept that you know which leads us into geek culture being the mainstream nowadays because you know we had the nerds get their revenge that it's it was again cultural zeitgeist it it spoke to its time we always loved to see the jerk jock or chet in weird science or whoever finally get their comeuppance and realize what a jackass they'd been do you think It's the same style, even if it's done in a totally different tone, as like a Death Wish film with Revenge of the Nerds with all the cameras and the panty raids and all the pretty illegal things that they do in these comedies. Is it kind of just shifting the tone, really? Yeah, it's just making them more goofy because realistically, uh, the stuff that they... Realistically, Revenge of the Nerds, they broke tons of laws in that they broke tons of laws and most likely would have been arrested and the the jocks would have still won so i think it was just we want the underdog to to win because the a lot of us that are watching the movie 
were the underdog and we are rooting for these guys to to you know take these stupid jocks down a peg and to bang the hot cheerleader and and to do all that stuff so uh it it it, that's why they were so silly and why they were so appreciated uh, and and so successful because there's there's more of the the you know underdog nerds that were rooting for them and even like the the jocks went to see the movie as well not realizing that they were the ones that really were the bad guys not in on the joke you know yeah get get those you know guys it's like wait no getting getting you dummy. Well, because a lot of people, I, a lot, I, I was looking up a lot of lists, and I disagreed with a lot of stuff I saw in a lot of these revenge movie lists. But of course, you did. A lot of these were ones where I went, really? That's like got a revenge element to the movie, maybe fifteen percent of the film. I didn't see one, not a single comedy on probably the dozen different revenge film lists that I looked at, and that made me wonder when we think of revenge. Why do why does our brain, our film nerd brain, go more towards Death Wish than we do towards Revenge of the Nerds? I mean, hell, Revenge of the Nerds has revenge in the goddamn title. It's a revenge film. Why why do we dismiss the revenge comedies? I'm sorry, Hamburger the Motion Picture, Hot Dog the Movie, Ski School, Porky's. These are all revenge movies. They just happen to be comedies, too. Why do we, our film nerd brains, go dark with this right away? They're not the ones that we recognize as being about revenge. We recognize Revenge of the Nerds being about nerds in glorified... It has revenge in the title! I know, I know. But it's not the version of the genre that we immediately think of. I know, I'm asking you why, like, why I guess culturally or critically don't we recognize that? Because their revenge was more justified. Those nerds needed their vengeance. Yo, Porky's did have to go down. Porky had to go down. Porky was freaking corrupt, man. Porky was corrupt as shit. They were absolutely right to take him down a peg. And uh, man, Porky's is a good goddamn movie. Because simply it's a comedy. Revenge, even though, yes, you are technically correct. They are getting revenge. Revenge is in the title of the film. But when you think revenge, you think the act of getting physical, violent revenge. And so uh, you're, you are correct in saying that Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds is a revenge film. The mindset is when you go to revenge film, you think Death Wish. What, what about the masked revenge film? I don't mean that in a superhero kind of way. I mean the like a Friday the 13th kind of way. Well, you've got that or one film I saw pop up on a lot of these lists and I'm going to technically disqualify it and that's Mad Max. Only the last 20 minutes are a revenge film. That doesn't become a revenge film till his wife and kid are killed. That's only the last 20 minutes of this 90-minute movie. I don't consider Mad Max to be a revenge film. It's it just has a revenge element to it. Like you brought up with Friday the 13th, Alex, there is a revenge element, especially the first film more than any other. There's absolutely a revenge element in that. Or Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's getting revenge on the people who burned him to death because he raped their kids. These are what I, I consider masked revenge films. They they aren't a revenge film on the surface, but they have an element to it. What do you think about like Mad Max? Am I wrong that since only the last 20 minutes are revenge? Is that a revenge movie? 
Well, no, like I said at the beginning, the entire movie needs to be about revenge. The protagonist's goal that is set up in the first act needs to be, I'm getting revenge for this. So Mad Max does not count for Mad you Mad Max does not count because that's just an element in the third act. That That's the pinch in act three, the plot point that motivates the plot to its conclusion. That's not the character's motivation from the first act. What about Friday the 13th? I, the first film specifically. Do you agree that that is kind of a revenge movie though? No, because Pamela Jason... is getting revenge for the perceived slight that was against her kid. Yeah, but again, that doesn't pop up until the very end that we find out what she's doing. She's also not our protagonist. Our protagonist is God, who is it? Alice? That character's Alice, thank you. Alice is the protagonist. It's about Alice surviving a night at Camp Blood. That's what the movie's about. Mad Max is a movie that has revenge in it. Not a revenge movie. I saw Mad Max pop up on no less than six of the 12 lists that I saw. That's why I was getting so pissed off at how a revenge film is classified. Yeah, I think a lot of these ones, they just kind of asked some people around the office, hey, what's a movie of revenge? I, I need it for my article. And they... You know, gave him a, a list of movies. Well, I think Dirty Harry has revenge in it. Think, you know, thinking of sudden impact. Yeah, well, uh, the fourth one does. Exactly. Yes, but I mean, they couldn't. They probably couldn't remember uh, the name of the fourth one, except for hey, once you go on that thing called the IMDb. No, it's Dirty Harry. Good enough. Cut, print, perfect. Uh, and then Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, I wouldn't. Again, it's a movie that has revenge in it, but you don't know that it's revenge until the last what. 15 minutes so you just know that's you know there's somebody going around killing people and you don't find out what the motive is oh it's revenge because you know camp counselors let her retarded kid die that happened and so pamela of uh, Voorhees was getting her revenge but we didn't know that so consequently i wouldn't classify it as a revenge movie i would classify it as a horror film that had revenge in it what type of revenge movie do do you prefer? The more visceral, we're just going out, this thing happens, we're going out and killing the bad guys in this way? Or, like I brought up with Rolling Thunder, there's all of this psychosexual element. Like, there's a scene where Tommy Lee Jones is with a prostitute because he's getting close to the guys who, who uh, killed William, William Devane's son. And he's Tommy Lee Jones is screwing the prostitute. And what's getting him hard is the fact that he knows he's about to kill the guys in the next room. He has no interest in her. Is deep psychological shit. What, what do you prefer with your revenge film, where it gets psychological like that and actually gets into the psychosis that causes revenge? Or do you just want to see Charles Bronson blowing away street toughs? Uh, I like a little more mental in there as well. I, I mean, it, a revenge movie can be done well, with just the revenge aspect of it, with uh, the person going out and, and just killing all the people that wronged them. You'll get a movie that comes along, uh, something like uh, Hard Candy, which is a large portion of it is psychological. It is. It's kind of just... a cat and mouse game, really. Uh, but it's, it's not even that. It's like a 90 minute conversation. But it, no, it's. It's I say that's revenge because she's getting revenge on this guy and just tormenting the hell out of him and and building up to what's going to happen. So uh, like it that is 
vicious. Like that is how you can have a movie where, okay, they're getting revenge on one person within the confines of this movie, but it is, it has your undivided attention. Whereas there are other movies where it's revenge against a group of people and it's a little more action-y. So, I mean, I like both of them for different reasons. It kind of goes on my mood, but I usually prefer the more, uh, you know, mental ones. The mental ones, they do offer a fair amount of character development, and I'm all for character development. But what matters at the end is, is it a good movie? Was it well made? Did it do what the filmmakers wanted it to do? You know, if... There are wonderful revenge movies that aren't psychological. There's also terrible ones that are, and vice versa. It really just ultimately depends on how the filmmaker chose to – did they approach the topic in a good way and make a good movie? And then there's one other kind of revenge film that, that I'm going to consider a, a revenge film, and that would be the Revenge for Society film. Like obviously you had Paul Kersey you know, beating up street toughs and things like that. Look at something like The Exterminator. James Glickenhaus is The Exterminator. Actually, most of James Glickenhaus's movies. You've got the Vietnam vet. It's 1980, so it was still relevant. The Vietnam vet that comes back and is basically a prototypical Punisher. He has bad stuff happen to a friend of his. He goes and starts killing all the gangs, and then he realizes he can do good for society by taking out the people that the police can't handle, and he becomes a vigilante. Is there a difference between a revenge film and a vigilante film like the punisher starts out as revenge kind of stops being that after the 600th body doesn't it i think this is the same reason we established that miss 45 was not a revenge film she's a vigilante she's no she's, she's a psychopathic killer because a vigilante would be somebody that's hurt that is killing criminals she was killing anything with argue. a pe- she was killing anything with a penis some vigilantes are still psychopathic criminals. It's all in, do they think they're doing the world justice? I'm sure she thought she was. She thought she was doing the right thing in Miss 45. She didn't think she was being crazy. She thought, this is what needs to be done to, you know, make the world Penises better. Penises must be made extinct. Yes, that, you know, she thought she was on the, the just and righteous path there. You know, so she's a vigilante in her eye. You know, the Punisher is a vigilante in his own mind, but like any you know vigilante, like him and Batman, they're breaking the law and doing the wrong thing here. Technically, they're a villain. If it is revenge is where you're just getting the people who wronged you. Uh, you you uh, had somebody kill your family, so you go out and you kill them, and then it ends. Venture from revenge into vigilante with like the punisher because it's like okay well he got revenge against the people who wronged him but then he goes into the whole guilty he just kept going and he kept going so that's kind of where uh it, it branches so it's either uh you know if you're if you're killing all bad people well then you're it's a vigilante but if you're just killing the the person or persons who wronged you then it's revenge so so to you it's the focus uh-huh I think probably the the mainstream version of a revenge movie uh, would be something like Braveheart. I'm going to go with that as well, that that's what the public thinks of. You know, Braveheart does definitely generate it with the mainstream a lot more than Death Wish or Old Boy. See, I, I would actually disagree with that. I would go with Death Wish 
because you've even got in modern TV shows, modern movies, people maybe that are getting revenge or they you know shoot the the person that wronged them, and there's a reference to look, he thinks he's Charlie Bronson, or or oh look, here comes Charlie Bronson. They don't even know the character's name is Paul Kersey. They just know Charlie Bronson. Charles Bronson is the guy that gets revenge. I haven't seen that in anything recently. I've seen that in quite a few things. I mean, that was even in a Sons of Anarchy last season that they mentioned Ch- Charles Bronson when it came to a revenge thing. Well, to me, th- to me, that's why Death Wish was such a watershed moment, especially in this genre. Is forty years later, it is still recognized as kind of the prototype. Oh yeah. damn it! I I didn't even get to talk about Lady Snowblood. Damn it! Lady Snowblood is an amazing fucking movie. It's a revenge film through and through, and Tarantino copied it note for note for Kill Bill. I see all these but, lists. No, no, no. Th- this is what this is. Do- this insults me. Those dozen lists I look at, almost everyone listed Kill Bill. Fine, not a single one listed Lady Snowblood. I that I found insulting. Okay, here's the thing with Lady Snowblood and Kill Bill is that yeah, Quentin Tarantino rips it off completely a lot of times in that movie. For like, oh, great revenge movie, missing the point that Lady Snowblood, yes, it's a wonderful revenge movie, but there's also a lot of metaphor that it was very, you know, there's a reason that movie takes place in the Meiji era, because it's more about vengeance, not just personal vengeance against, okay, somebody wronged me. It's also about the price of vengeance for the revenger. Yes, it's about that, but it's also attempting to get a forgotten time of Japan, you know, because they were during the... Reformation during the Meiji era, and a lot of that movie is metaphor about, you know, moving on from the past and, you know, getting with the times. And revenge is a way of settling terms with the past. I don't disagree. I just that was on my list, and I never got around to talking about that one tonight. So I just still wanted to shoehorn that one in. So where can we find Alex Lady Snowblood Jowski? Kitten Vengeance at GeekJuiceMedia.com. If you want to get revenge on Cecil for his PG-13 video or not knowing anything about marketing posters, where would people contact you? Can I just throw in a, a quick thing here? Because uh, sure. I, I, I wanted to talk about uh, just a quick law-abiding citizen was almost an amazing film. It was almost an amazing revenge film. They had everything was so well done all the way up until about the last 10 minutes. And then they had to go and be nice like it the whole film had a tonal shift and it was like oh this guy's am i the only one that that thinks test audiences may have been involved i there there is a heavy rumor that uh the final act uh or the the final sequence was filmed against the director's wishes because it feels even like it's from a different person it's like oh it's an exorcist three the Texas Chainsaw 3 ending. Yeah, big time. And it's a shame because it's like, holy crap, this is so good. And then it's it totally cops out at the end. I was infuriated because I was enjoying the movie so much. And I, I was amazed at how much 
balls they had in the film. And then they completely wussed out at the end. I really think that there is an original ending out there somewhere where the movie ends the way that it should have instead of being just a, ugh, it pissed me off so much. But um, so anyway, I had to get that off my chest. No problem. Um, so uh, you can find me uh, bitching and complaining about things over at goodbadflix.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. And if, if, when everyone wants to get revenge on me, they can contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com or go to my website, 1201beyond.com, as well as there is a store there where you can get T-shirts for Radiodrome, Lost in the Static, and all of that. And we've got some original, more original designs coming. So go and buy a T-shirt. It'll help you get revenge on some of the people who didn't know that Lady Snowblood was the majority of Kill Bill. I'm sorry, it's still bugging me. I know it is.
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.